What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Come Like a Child podcast. My name is Ashley Miner, and I am your host. And I am so honored that you have decided to join me on today's episode. Listen, if you have been following along with me for the past five episodes, my sincere apologies for going MIA for the entire month of July. Um, And I want to update you on just a few things that has happened in the month of July, um, in the beginning of August. You know I like to dive straight into the episode, right into what I want to talk about. I don't like rambling because I know how good I am at it. Um, But I just want to update you on a few things. First thing first, I had a birthday like a week ago, 28 years old, you guys. Um, It's unbelievable. I cannot believe I'm at the end of my 20s. It dawned on me the other day, I was looking outside my window and I said, oh my gosh, I have two more years left in my 20s. What am I going to do? Those of you who are in your 30s, like, did you live it up for your last two years? I don't know. I feel like I'm supposed to, like, go out of the country or something. I don't know. Um, But, man, I had an incredible birthday. I went to dinner with some of my friends. Uh, My best friend, Red, flew into town. And let me tell you guys about my friends. Aaron, Mallory, Red, and Jenna. They bought me a gift card to Cavender's. If you're not in Texas, Cavender's is a boot store Pretty sure it's not just in Texas, but anyways, uh, I've been here for two years now, and I have yet to own a pair of boots, you guys. I went to buy my first pair of boots, and they are so cute. I may post them to my story or post them on the Come Like a Child um, Instagram account, but you guys, I'm so excited. Thank you so much to my dear friends um, for doing that for me. Also, I'm walking into year three with FCA. This is so crazy. Like in about three weeks, we will launch FCA. And um, it's kind of crazy because I'm walking in a job that the Holy Spirit laid on my heart in 2016. And here I am walking into year three. It's just really, it's just really mind blowing to be walking in my dream job, you know? Um, So That is wild. Speaking of jobs, I took a part-time job with Ivy Media. Um, If you've been listening, I said in the last episode that I started an internship um, with Ivy Media. If you don't know who Jamie Ivy is, you should follow her on Instagram. She is the um, host of the Happy Hour podcast, incredible podcast. Jamie is such an incredible interviewer. She She's just awesome. Her whole entire team is awesome. Lindsay, her assistant, is teaching me so many things, so patient with me, so graceful. Um, And then Angie edits the Happy Hour podcast, and I've been working under Angie for the internship. Just all incredible, godly women. It is an honor and a privilege to be underneath their wings. So thank you so much, Ivy Media, Jamie Ivy, and the team for accepting me. Um, And then last but not least, the final update, you guys, the book is finished. It is finished. I think I probably said that on the last episode. I'm not sure. But when I say finished, my foreword is written. Um, Pastor Celeste Gonzalez, one of our um, women pastors, here at my church wrote my forward and she sent it to me a couple weeks ago back in July and you guys if you've ever written a book or if you're in the process of writing a book and you have a forward writer it's like that's like the cherry on top you know the book is not complete until that person reads the book and then writes um, basically a review about it you know just speak very highly of you and in the book so man it is done I'm super excited I do 
think I know who's going to publish and do the editing of the book. So that is also super exciting because I've been super picky about that. And, uh, man, I'm just believing God to just really open some doors for me in that area. So, yeah. Um, but that's that's it, you guys. I don't I don't want to go any further. Four minutes in. That's a life update. I'm doing so incredibly good. This is a great season for me, and 28 has started off with a bang. So enough about me. Let's dive into what I would like to share with you all today. So I'm going to share a little bit from Romans chapter 7 and Romans chapter 8, and then towards the end, I'm going to read you um, just a chunk of the end of my book, the final chapter, and you'll understand why um, in a second. But in chapter 7 of Romans, Paul is going through a spiritual battle. He, he's going through spiritual battles. Um, it's almost like he's expressing how difficult it is to make the flesh submit. He says in verse 15 this, For I do not understand what I am doing, because I do not practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. In verse 18, he says this, For the desire to do what is good is in me, but there is no ability to do it. You guys, if you are a believer, you should be amening to Paul right here because every believer should be able to agree with him. Why do I say that? Because you have the flesh and you have the spirit living inside of you. And the two don't get along. One is wanting you to go down the road that leads to death, and the other is wanting you to go down the road that leads to life. And what Paul is saying right here is that, man, I know the right thing to do. I know which direction I should go in, the one that leads to peace and life, but yet and still, I choose the road to death. This is a spiritual battle. And some of you probably can think of something in your life right now. You're like, man, I know that this is not good for me, but yet I'm still doing it. It could be a sexual thing. It could be alcohol. It could be Netflix. It could be... I don't know, you name it, but it's like, man, I know that this is unhealthy for me, but I want to do it. Why do I want to do it? It's the flesh inside of you. And this is what was happening to Paul in chapter seven. He's like, man, I know what to do, but yet and still I choose to do the wrong thing. So he's, he has this spiritual battle towards the end of the chapter. One of the last verses, he says this, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you can see that he's about to transition into what sounds like victory. It's like he's been trying to change the flesh. He's been trying to make the flesh submit. But now it's almost like, okay, I have to change not only the way I think, but the way I walk. Because I can't do this by myself. And this is my testimony. I'm trying to change the flesh. I'm trying to um, walk this this life of faith out by myself and he realizes man who is going to save a wretched man like me who's going to help me turn away from the flesh thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord that's our hope you guys that is our hope man in 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 verse in chapter 8 the very first verse, uh, a familiar verse to many of you, Paul writes this, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus who 
because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Um, I just want to break that down just a little, um, because if you are a new believer, if maybe you're not a believer, that word condemnation may seem um, really big. Therefore, there is no condemnation. If you Google what does condemnation mean, one of the words that it's going to give you is punishment. So you can read that like this. Therefore, there is no punishment for those in Christ Jesus. Who are those in Christ Jesus? Those who believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died and rose and that he's coming back again. Why is there no condemnation? Why is there no punishment for the believers? Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free. The rest of us are being disciplined. Jesus Christ was punished because of sin. We today are being disciplined because of sin. What do I mean by that? There is a difference between punishment and discipline. Punishment focuses on making a child suffer for breaking the rules. That is what Jesus Christ did. God punished Jesus. He made him suffer because we broke the rules or we sinned, if you will. Discipline, on the other hand, is about teaching a child how to make a better choice next time. So the hope and the goal is that as a believer, when you give your life to the Lord, you not only read the word, but you apply it to your life so that you will make better choices moving forward. However, Satan, the flesh is inside of us and Satan being so great at his job, when we sin, he wants us to think that God is going to punish us, but he's not. How do I know that? Because of Romans 8.1, it says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Why? Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free. Don't get it twisted now. He is not a God who punishes us, but he is a God who disciplines us. So I do not put emphasis on Romans 8.1 so that you can justify or so that you can continuously walk in sin because there is no condemnation for those in Christ. No, his grace should lead us towards repentance. Romans 8.1 should lead us towards repentance. And Jesus disciplines us because he knows that sin leads us down the road to death. And he wants better for us. So I emphasize Romans 8.1, but I am not justifying your sins or telling you to memorize this verse or meditate on this verse so that you can continuously walk in sin. Like I said, um, he, he's, he's coming around. This is chapter 8, verse 1. And then he goes on in verse 5, and he says this, For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit have their minds set on the things of the spirit. Now the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life. So now we really see like Paul is getting it. In, in chapter seven, there was a spiritual battle. He's trying to change the flesh and change the flesh and it's not working. He's like, I know what to do. Why am I still doing wrong? And now you see in verse in chapter eight, it's like, man, oh, I get it. And what happens between chapter seven and eight, Paul fixes his eyes on Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord.
He, he gets it. He finally realized that, man, I cannot change the flesh. The flesh will always be fleshy. And the only way to defeat the spiritual battle is not by trying to change the flesh, but by walking in the spirit. Why do I share all of this with you from chapters 7 and 8? Because when you get your hands on this precious book that God laid on my heart to write, at the beginning, you're going to see that I was battling a spiritual battle. I was walking through a spiritual battle with these three sins. And I wanted so badly to get out of them, but I didn't know how. Because as a new believer, I was trying to change something that is never going to change, which is the flesh. My mind was focused on the flesh. Therefore, I was doing fleshly things that leads to death, whether that is a physical death or a spiritual death. And it was when I was like, oh, I cannot change this thing. I have to change my walk. Not only do I change my thoughts, I have to change my walk. My walk has to change. I had to walk in the spirit because the spirit leads to life and peace. And so that, man, if you haven't read Romans 7, there's so much to unpack. I challenge you to go and read it because I believe that if you are a believer, believer, you should be able to resonate with Paul and myself in chapter seven. Why? Because you too also have the flesh and the spirit living inside of you. And the two don't get along. One is trying to lead you down the road to death and the other is trying to lead you down the road to life, which means that because you have both, there will always be a battle going on. And if you don't have a battle, then the spirit is not living inside of you. And so, man, I highly, highly challenge you to go and read chapter seven because every day as believers, when we wake up, we are on the battlefield. And so I just want to end this episode by reading you um, just the end of the end of my book, um, which is so so sweet. This chapter is so sweet. It's one of my favorite chapters because in chapter six of the book, you, you, you will see that it's like, man, I, I get it now. Not that I am sinless because the Bible says that we all fall short daily, but it's like once you read chapter one and you get to chapter seven, you will see that there is a shift. You will see that, okay, Ashley, her mindset is different. You will see that, man, I had an encounter that I start changing my ways. And that's what I see in chapter 7 of Romans in chapter 8. You begin to see the shift. Paul is struggling in chapter 7. And in chapter 8, man, there's victory. And so I want to read to you um, this precious chapter. Um, it's, it's so precious. One, it's the final chapter because... It is so incredibly hard finishing and closing a book. But two, it's really just so start from the beginning. It'll be closer to the end. So here it is. Um, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. John 8, 3, 6. There came a day when I was tired of thinking about all of the desires of my heart, realizing how much they were distracting me and how my mind was focused too much on the future. 
I was tired of Satan throwing my upbringing in my face and saying to me that I would not secede because of where I come from. I was done masturbating, lusting, and watching pornography, ruining my sexuality and being the reason I sin against my own body. I was done being held captive and I wanted to be free from this bondage, but I kept thinking to myself, how? I had all of the godly desires, but they were controlling me, causing me to miss all that God had placed right in front of me. I wanted to be free, but I had no idea how I could get to this point, and then I stumbled across John 8, 3, 6. Who the Son sets free will be free indeed. I know that God's promises are yes and amen, so I knew that not only could I walk in freedom, but I could also help free someone else by sharing my story. I do believe it is okay to dream and have an imagination because I truly believe that God has created us in that way. But if we never invite God into our imagination, then we will be left trying to kick down doors on our own. I did not want to let go of my imagination because I knew that the things I thought about were godly desires and dreams. But I also wanted to continue to come to him like a child, fully dependent on him, trusting that he could bring the imagination to life. And even if he didn't, he was still a good, good father. As I meditated on John 8, 3, 6, I kept thinking about the cross, the cross Jesus laid his life down on so that I could be set free. I kept thinking about his walk to his death and how his disciples were asking, which one of us is the greatest? Missing the greatest and last walk they would ever walk with him on this side of heaven. As I meditated on this verse, I kept thinking about Jesus saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Understanding his heart, understanding the unfairness of what he was about to do, understanding this would be the worst death in history. While thinking about those who claim to be for him, but those same people arguing amongst one another about who's the greatest at such a time as this. But nevertheless, not my will, that will be done, is still Jesus' greatest desire. Jesus, a 33-year-old single man, fully devoted to his father, and accomplished all that God asked him to do, even death. We know this because God said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Oh, how I want those to be the words that my father says to me when I see him face to face, my beloved daughter, with whom I am well pleased. I place myself there with the disciples, picturing myself walking to the cross with him, watching my savior be crucified for all of my and everyone else's wrongs. I wept and realized in that moment that any desire and dream couldn't make me feel the way I do when I think about the cross. That feeling keeps me humbled, knowing that it should have been me instead. Oh man, he is a good, good father. That feeling when I think of my Savior on that cross tells me that I am right where I need to be and where I am going is better than where I am currently. Oh, the cross, may it be the place you run to when your thoughts are spiraling. May it be the place you run to when Satan reminds you of your past. May the cross be the place you run to when sex is the only thing on your mind as a single status person. May every promise and imagination that God has ever given you ultimately point you back to the cross. On a scorching hot summer day in Texas while at FCA camp, I watched our students carry a two by four up a steep hill that had a cross located at the top. I watched sweat run down their faces as they journeyed to the cross, not believing that they would get to the top. As they got closer, they started to run, even though their legs started to get weak. Though these were student athletes, this was still, no, this was still so difficult physically and mentally. 
What started off as doubt became reality when we finally made it to the cross. We laid our two by fours down at the foot of the cross and I immediately began to weep. I was convicted of all the extra weight I carry on my shoulders, the weight of thinking about my future, the weight of my lost family members, the weight of being so hard on myself, weight that Jesus died for so that I wouldn't have to carry, weight that holds me back from being all that God is calling me to be. Oh, how great did it feel to release the weight of the world off my shoulders and leave it at the cross. While at the cross, I was reminded of these verses. Therefore, since we are encompassed with, Satan, with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Hebrews 11.10 He heals the broken heart and binds up their wounds. Psalms 147.3. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Matthew 11.28. That was a special moment, one I will never forget because of the freedom I felt. I am free from being distracted by any desire because I know what truly matters is he who was and is and is to come. I don't know what weight you're carrying, but these promises are for you too, my friend. See, Jesus had to become my only need before I could move forward with my imagination and desires. He had to become my only need so that I could know that everything else is just a bonus. If you don't take anything else from what I just read to you and when you pick up my book, please don't miss this next sentence. The ultimate goal is not the house, the husband, the kids, the job, or changing the flesh. The ultimate goal is to find Jesus, accept him as your Lord and Savior, and build a relationship with him and know that he alone is enough. This, my friends, is my greatest desire, and I hope that it is yours too. Man, you guys, I love that section so much because, like I said, once you read the previous chapters, you will see that I have been battling just all of these spiritual battles, you know, and when you get to this chapter, it's like I changed my focus to the cross, and I know that the cross is not something we meditate on a lot, but I challenge you that when you are facing these spiritual battles, whether it's physical or sexually or mentally, whatever it is, like, um, I change your mindset. Like, I imagine myself walking next to Jesus Christ himself with the disciples on his way to his death, and it changes everything. It literally changes everything. And so, um, I don't know, man, if you are or have been trying to change the flesh, or if you've been in a situation where you're like, man, I I know what is right, but yet and still I, I do wrong. I'm telling you the name for that is a spiritual battle. And um, we're all facing it as believers because the flesh and the spirit lives inside of us, and neither of the two get along, and they won't ever get along. They're both headed into opposite directions always. Um, and so, man, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me on this episode. It feels so good to be back recording. And um, listen, if you are not following my Come Like a Child Instagram account, go ahead and follow. I think we're like three followers away from 100. Wow, you guys, thank you so much for following along. Hey, if you listen to this episode and you've enjoyed it, please uh, repost it on your stories, tag 
myself, my personal Instagram account um, at Ashley D Minor, and the Come Like a Child account. So we can just man get the get the word out there, get what God has um, laid on my heart out to others because I do believe that um, it is something that He is wanting me to share with others. So thank you so much for listening, and I'm gonna see you soon with episode seven. You guys have an incredible rest of your day.